G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz. This is episode number 64 of the Outback Mine podcast. Really uh, grateful for you joining in, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a very special guest on today, uh, Brad McEwen. Many of you would know Brad from the really popular sports program, Sports Tonight. He was a presenter there for many years, but also a, a well-known media presenter and commentator within the sports uh, side. And um, great man. He comes from Lockington in country Victoria, played footy uh, for Rochester, went to school in Rochester, Spent a lot of time living in Melbourne and so forth and um, being around sporting circles and so forth there. Um, he's a pretty talented footballer from uh, from memory back in the days when I lived in the Goulburn Valley. And um, yeah, Brad's got a, a really uh, strong passion for, for regional Australia and country people. But um, you know, very sadly, Brad lost his father and, uh, and brother to suicide. Uh, and... Brad's dad had a, a strong uh, or long history with drinking and uh, we're going to talk about that today and how that impacted his family and also his dad as an individual and sort of what happened to his brother and, and how that all unfolded, I guess. And you know, through this conversation, I just want you to learn or understand um, uh, you know, from Brad, who's doing some great work with Beyond Blue, that um, you know, most things can be overcome in life and, and suicide, uh, unfortunately, is very common, but I just think if we... we provide supports and be able to give um, people tools to be able to improve their self-awareness and then these sorts of episodes will not be um, as common as they currently are. So if you or someone you know is experiencing, um, is experiencing some issues at the moment and having some uncertainty, please reach out to Beyond Blue or someone that can that can help support you. It's really uh, really critical to, 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 to be able to open up and, and, and gain that support because we can't do it alone sometimes, that's for sure. So. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you listening into Brad and I. Just want to make a special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals and Pure Life Organic uh, Sprouted Bakery. Our Green Nutritionals make our organic uh, uh, superfoods which support our physical and mental health. So please check them out, greennutritionals.com.au. Also Pure Life Sprouted Bakery. We make our sprouted breads, which is so much better for our physical and mental health because these breads digest much better. So really encourage you to check them out, purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, let's get Brad on and enjoy this conversation. Brad McEwen, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Hello, Aaron. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, really, really grateful to have you along, mate. Uh, I think you said you were sitting down in Fitzroy at the moment and um, nice sunny day down there, which is uh, which is lovely to hear. Yeah, um, sunny but still quite fresh. But, you know, that's, that's part of living in Melbourne and... <laughs> Yes, it gets cold, but it's still a, a fabulous place to be. And Aaron, as you know, when it does get cold, you can always pop into a cafe or a or a pub or whatever and sit by a fire and, and warm yourself up. So uh, no, no complaints at all. That's true. It's probably probably more difficult to get uh, good quality wooden fits rather than what it would be back in uh, Lockington or Rochester, I'd imagine. No, a little bit harder to get. But uh, it is still out there, so um, yeah. It's but it's interesting you talk about you know Lockington and Rochester. Growing up, I think Lockington was about three hundred people when I grew up, 
uh, the sign now is a bit over 800. But even though I live in Melbourne and live in the city, I still consider myself to be a country boy. Mm. Uh, and I say that, you know, very proudly. I'm, I'm always proud to say that I grew up in the country. Mm. That gave you a lot of values, uh, I'd imagine. It would have given you um, a lot of pure insight that... Um, uh, it's really rare the, the the freedom to be able to get around on a push bike in country areas and to be able to you know travel on a bus to school and, and all those sorts of things um, um, is pretty unique. We do sort of uh, take for granted when we live in the bush that um, we have all these beautiful assets uh, around us that uh, we're, we're unconscious of, and I just really miss the um, you know the rural rural areas. Uh, it's a bit different where I live now. Uh, it's still still uh, remote, but um, you know not not like the uh, the the landscape of country Victoria where it's you know quite unique, and you've got the Murray and um, and other you know great places around you. Yeah, it was. We were always we were riding push bikes or motorbikes, or, you know, a few people were on horses. I wasn't so much on horses, but so much to do, Aaron, as you know. And, yeah, you know, within our house, mum's attitude was, well, look, you head off and do what you want, but as long as you're home by dark, mm. that's fine. Go and enjoy yourself. And, you know, I, I remember growing up, I'd, put, I'd jump on my dragster push bike <laughs> and put a fishing rod over my shoulder and there was one little irrigation channel I'd go to where there was quite a bit of turbulence there. And I would often catch a good-sized redfin. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd ride home and have this fish and, you know, the sun would be shining and, you know, might, might, might on the way home we might pop into the fish and chip shop and grab 50 cents worth of chips <laughs> with some sauce. And, yeah, that'd be yeah. Absolutely. Or potato cakes were like five cents or ten cents for potato cake. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry, uh, a lot of my mates, we, we reminisce about that all the time, you know, and um, how life's changed. And, and I have a friend um, uh, that's, I'm 49, he's the same age as me, and uh, he he's experiencing depression at the moment. He's always reflecting on it consistently, and I, I'm just saying to him, visit it, but, you know, come back. Uh, we, we can't be stuck there, and... Um, you know, we've, we've got lots to uh, be grateful for and appreciate from those times, but I guess we can use those times to, to be able to help, you know, live more consciously in, in, in modern life, I guess, and be grateful for we, we were able to experience that type of stuff back then. Yeah, that's right. I mean, great memories, but, you know, the one thing that I will say is, yeah, isn't it, we can reflect on then, and, you know, I'm 50, so we're a similar vintage, Aaron, but... We do have a way of colouring the past and, you know, we, we remember so fondly the good things, um, which is fantastic. However, when I look back at growing up and I look at where we are now, while we can say, oh, things were better then and things were simpler then, and in a lot of ways they were, one thing that I am really pleased about now is, you know, you mentioned your friend and he struggled with depression. We're having conversations now around mental health, whereas, I mean, you know, for you and I growing up as kids, they weren't conversations you had. But, mm. you know, I remember even before we were impacted by serious mental health issues in our family, I remember, you know, I had heard of a, a couple of men in the community that tragically had taken their life. 
but it wasn't really spoken about. Mm. Um, people sort of tended to move on from those conversations. It was all very uncomfortable, um, which, I mean, to lose someone through suicide is tragic, but the fact that, you know, for a lot of people that to not be able to maybe um, grieve, maybe like they wanted to, I, I certainly think we, we, well, I know we have those conversations now and, and we talk about mental health because as you and I know, and this podcast is all about, it's part of life, whether it's a, a physical issue or a mental issue, we all have stuff mm. and it's about getting out there and getting help. Yeah, appreciate it. Look, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I suppose the, the, whole, the whole being was sort of seen as, as one uh, for such a long time, but our physical health was dominant. You know, it was all about our physical body and how strong and fit we could be, but above the shoulders, there was never really any attention to that, um, you know, and how we were emotionally. And, you know, pardon me, growing up in the country as, as you did, um, I suppose if you, pardon me, if you, if you did have something uh, going on and you questioned that, then it was always the fear of being made feel weak. and. I remember getting home from school one day when I was 15 and I was just like so deflated and I sat at the kitchen table and I said to my mum, what's life all about? And she really couldn't give me an answer, you know. I, I, was, I, was, I was really, really confused at that time. I didn't really know what I was doing, where my direction was going. School wasn't really lining me up, all those sorts mm. of things. And, um, yeah, I really needed some mentoring and guidance back then and, um Brad, I, I hit the booze and all that like a lot of country boys do um, because I felt lost for, for quite a while and um, I tried to cover that up, although it was hard to do that when you, you know, you, you'd be falling over drunk all the time. But no one ever actually asked me, you know, how are you or, um, mm. uh, you know, how are you going and um, why are you behaving like this? All those sorts of questions that um, may have been challenging for people to actually ask the usual the usual thing was to call someone, you know, a, an idiot or a dickhead or something like that because they behaved a certain way. But really, underneath the behaviour, there's uh, there's so much more going on that we don't actually um, understand. And uh, I remember years ago, I I was eighteen or nineteen, probably uh, probably a bit younger. I'm not really sure. In, in Horsham, and I went to the local drug and alcohol centre, and I was so fearful. Um, of someone seeing me uh, that, mm. that I just like walked up there, I spoke to a lady briefly and then jumped on my bike and rode off because I, I needed help then and I believe that I, I, I had depression uh, at the time uh, unknowingly but um, uh, you know having a few beers was just like a way of just uh, escaping I suppose and uh, you know one of the disadvantages about being in the country is really not, or it's maybe different now than what it was back then is not having the ability to be able to find something that you're aligned with. And if you're not able to do something that you really enjoy, then sometimes it's easy to, to fall off the, um, off the ladder in poor lifestyle behaviours. Yeah, you're right. What's, what's really interesting and, and sad there that you touched on, and we have come a long way, Aaron, but you talked about fearing somebody seeing you because it was a, something to do with your mental health. And yet, you and I know, and anyone listening to this podcast, that if you'd hurt your leg, if you'd hurt your shoulder, if you were, uh, had a crooked gut and you headed off to the hospital, you wouldn't fear anyone seeing you mm. because it's a physical issue. And 
well, there's nothing to be feel uncomfortable about. But this is the thing, Aaron, is that whether it's a physical issue or it's a mental issue, it's not your fault. Mm. So why would we feel uncomfortable? I often talk about this hypothetical situation. Let's say somebody's, whoever's listening to this, imagine you make a really good friend contacts you and said, right, um, you got time for a cup of coffee or let's head down the pub. I've, I've got some news and I want to share it with you because it's, it's, it's bad. So you head down to the pub and you're sitting there with your mate, you're having a, a Carlton Draft, a 4X of Coopers, whatever you're drinking, a great Northern. And you say to your mate, what's, what's up? And your mate says, I've got cancer. Mm. Now, you'd be, you'd be horrified. You'd be distraught for your friend. I reckon there's a fair chance your follow-up question is going to be, okay, so what's the treatment? What are you going to do to beat this? You would fall off your bar stool if your mate then replied with, oh, oh look, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to ignore it. Oh, and please don't tell anyone mm. I'm embarrassed. Mm. I'm ashamed. Now, that scenario sounds ludicrous. That wouldn't happen. We are talking about an illness, a disease that if you don't get treatment will kill you. Mm. And yet when it comes to mental health and mental illness and mental health issues, people have that exact same attitude every single day. Mm. Mm. And what I know in my family is if you don't get help, and people listening to this know if you don't get help, people die. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's, we, we've come a long way. We, we, we really have. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do with regards to this. Um, yeah. We, I, I guess, Brad, what I, what I really have observed over the years is, you know, become from being a young boy that's pure and innocent in the country and coming through education and sort of being put into fear and all that sort of stuff, then we sort of become a little bit insular and we're not too um, brave to, to share our emotions and our feelings and that. And uh, um, the, the stereotype of being a male is, uh, is quite, quite profound. And when it comes to, to uh, feeling imbalanced, uh, mentally uh, we really don't understand what that actually is and we haven't been given the interventions to be able to to self-regulate and self-manage our, our mind our body you know we, we always look to our body for the external uh, for the way we look and all those types of things and receive accolades for that but it's also so important to keep your mind neutral and balanced would you agree oh look a hundred percent what is really uh, still unusual is that um, if you mention in any scenario, you mention two words in a group of, let's say, you know, predominantly with, with your podcast and what we're looking at, and we know that mental health, particularly amongst men uh, in rural areas, is, is an issue, but women as well. Let's say, let's say a group of male friends, and there can be women there as well. You mentioned two words, physical health, 
they're all going to go, yeah, physical health, know all about it, can't drink too much, got to eat all my veggies, don't have too much red meat, drink lots of water and exercise. 100%. What everyone knows is you have to work at it. You mentioned two words being mental health, and so many people in that group will tense up a little bit, and they'll say, well, hang on, mental health, there's nothing wrong with me. But mental health is just like physical health, and we've got to work at it. Hmm. We've got to do the things that uh, help us, whether, whether it's taking time out. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, exercising. Well, exercise is great for our mental health as well. We, hmm. we need to take time out. If we're carrying too much stress, uh, if we are just, if we have enormous financial issues, these are all the different things that just go bang, 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 and they just keep whacking us. Mm. And you know what? And I gave a talk in Echuca a couple of years ago to an, a group of farmers around the, the, the water allocation and all the issues or the, you might say, the mismanagement around the Murray-Darling Basin and farmers who are just beside themselves with stress and worry because they don't know what's happening with their water or they don't have enough water. Mm. And I said to these people, you know, you, you might know sheep and you might know grain and cattle or cotton or whatever you're doing, but you're not an expert in mental health and you are under severe stress mm. and there's nothing wrong. In fact, I applaud anyone who puts their hand up. You know, the late Danny Frawley, uh, the AFL champion who sadly um, passed away 18 months ago. You know, Danny used to say that he thought Manning Up was suffering in silence, but what he learned was that Manning Up is putting your hand up and saying, hey, uh, I need a hand. Because, and this is the thing, Aaron, that I say to everyone, one of the most powerful things that we can do for our own well-being is to be kind to other people. Mm. You know, it increases our oxytocin levels and serotonin and endorphins and it helps with depression and anxiety and uh, blood pressure, everything. So, and we all get it. You know, when you go and help someone, whether it's down the supermarket or, or somebody's on the side of the road with a flat tyre and you pull over and help, help them, you help them. But what happens? We drive away or we walk away and we feel fantastic. Mm. So what I say to people is you want to feel fantastic and help someone, if you put your hand up and say, you know what, enough of wearing the mask, I'm tired of living the lie, my mental health is not great, I'm going to go get help and I'm going to be very open about this and I'm going to tell people around me, I'm going to share how I'm feeling. You are not only helping yourself, you're helping someone else, maybe more than one person. Because, Aaron, you know this, people watch, people listen, particularly younger people. Imagine a, an older guy in the, the, the footy club or whatever, the golf club, wherever it is. Imagine somebody puts up their hand, old Mick, you know, Mick's 16, he puts up his hand, he says, I'm taking time out, guys, I'm... My mental health's not great and I'm going to go and get the help that I need. People are going to sit around there and they're going to watch and they're going to say to themselves, Mick, you are unreal. And if it's all right for Mick to say that he's getting help, 
in regards to his mental health and well-being, I reckon there's a fair chance they're going to say, well, you know what, if Mick can do it, I can do it. Because I can see how much better Mick is now and he's smiling and he's feeling better and there's nothing to be ashamed about. Mm. We're all human and we've all got crap that we're all dealing with and we all need a hand sometimes. Beautifully said, Brad. What would you say would be the two or three highest levels of consciousness for a human? In what regard? How do you, what do you mean? Like, like the, 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 the highest level of emotion that a, that a human can display. Well, I think that, I think for me, the thing that I find helps me the most is to be authentic, to be authentic within myself and, and to not, To not be living a lie, um, Aaron, you know, to be to be saying to people, well, this is who I am, I'm going to take the mask off. And the other thing is I would say that I know that I find incredibly um, valuable and really connects with other people is to express our vulnerability mm. because we all have vulnerability, don't we? Mm-hmm. We all... We all, we all think that we've all got... How many of us, Aaron, how many people listening to this podcast, they look at their group of friends and they look at the people around them and the people they work with and they find themselves going, this ain't fair. Everyone else has got their shit sorted. Everyone else knows where they're going and what they're doing. Everyone else has a plan. Everyone else is happy. You and I know... No, they're not. Mm. No, they're not. No, they're not. And it's only when we can actually express who we really are and say to people, hey, you know what? I'm, we, we're very good at putting on a mask. We're, we're actually pretty good actors, Aaron. We're very good at going, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. And we, we find ourselves going, well, no, I'm not that good. Mm. I'm really not that good. I love, I tell the story, Aaron. Years ago, I remember reading a book, and I found this fascinating. There was a there was a story of a, a, a psychologist back in the nineteen forties. His name was Bertram Forer, and he was teaching at one of the universities in LA, I think. And he said to his class, "Right, I'm going to interview you all one on one, and based on your answers, I will give you all an individual." one-page personality analysis. And everyone said, all these students said, okay, we'll give this a go. So he interviewed them all one-on-one and he gave them all a one-page personality analysis. The feedback, Aaron, was phenomenal. Hmm. Over 80% of, of the students said, wow, you've just interviewed me for a short period of time and you've summed up exactly who I am. Here's the thing. It was a hoax. Bertram Forer, and it's a very famous study, Bertram Forer gave the same one-page personality analysis to everybody, regardless of what they told him. And it said things like, you appear really confident, but on the inside you lack confidence. You appear really secure, 
but on the inside you are insecure. You, you act as if uh, money and security are not important to you, but deep down money and security and your future are things that are really important to you. So what does it say? It says that fundamentally, Aaron, and there will always be outliers and people with, with different things they're dealing with in their lives and different illnesses and health issues, but fundamentally, we're all the same. Mm, absolutely. We all have worries. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. We all want to be liked. Mm. We're all vulnerable. Mm. And what we know is it's our imperfections that help us connect. We connect through our imperfections. None of us are perfect. Even the people, how many of it, we look on social media and we look at people and go, oh, why can't I have that life? Why can't I be like them? What they have is perfect or close to it. No, it's not. Mm. No one has a perfect life. Mm. We've all got stuff. So by putting, by taking the mask off and... Uh, I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I'm sitting down there with a friend, um, uh, a, a woman. I don't even know how it came up in conversation. Maybe I was just, it was an off-the-cuff comment and I spoke about my OCD, my anxiety and, and, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. Uh, and she just looked at me and smiled. And I said, what are you smiling for? She said, me too. <laughs> Unreal. And honestly, for the next half an hour, we were comparing stories about numbers and rituals and this and that and how difficult it was in our adolescent years. And, and you know, if I didn't share that, she wouldn't have shared that as well. And we just sat there and we both walked away smiling and feeling great because we both acknowledged, yeah, we both have anxiety, we both have our stuff, but we developed a bond that particular day that we'll always have because you know i will think of her when i'm having a bad day with my anxiety and and she can think of me mm, mate beautifully said you 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 come at that from your heart and and once your heart opens up and that's when you can start to be yourself the mask comes off it's really uh, Im uh impressive you know what you said there brad the, the highest levels of consciousness and this will get us away from the mask will be you know kindness compassion, gratitude, all, all those sorts of things. But a lot of us are living in, you know, fear, shame, guilt uh, consistently, and that's, that's overriding us and our behaviour and the mask comes on when you're in that mindset. But by doing the simple things and, and, and tapping into those higher levels of consciousness, I, I believe every day if you can start with that mindset, then all of a sudden you will take that out into the world and that will actually, like, help you remove the mask which will actually help relieve the depression and help you be more connected with other individuals and 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 people within the community would you agree uh, look i couldn't agree more uh I, I was chatting to a guy there last year and we were talking about kindness and he was saying that when he has really um been in a particularly difficult place with his depression he said that that was the thing that got him through every day, mm. was kindness. Because of all the things that I spoke about before is, is you know, the way it affects us chemically and, you know, and, and our body releases oxytocins and serotonin and endorphins are rushing through our brain and it feels good. Mm. 
Mm. I, I tell people all the time, you know, one of the easiest ways I find daily that I can make myself feel good is, and, you know, you, you, you're probably not going to get a, a lot of traffic jams up around Bundaberg or Mackay or somewhere, <laughs> but that's okay. We've all been in traffic jams. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you're in, you're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and you're heading down a major arterial, and it's just back-to-back -back chockers, traffic everywhere. And, you know, you look at the side roads and those people that are backed up and they're trying to get in onto the high street. And we've been those people on the, high, on the side street. They only get in when we let them in mm. or there's an opportunity to get in onto the road, right? Mm. So how many of us have been, you know, we're in a high-pressure job, we need to be somewhere, we are running late, traffic's not moving, we're stressed, we're anxious, we're angry... You want to change your mood in a heartbeat? Stop and let as many of those people in mm. at the next intersection and the one after that and the one after that. Because what generally happens is people smile mm. and they give you the big thumb up or they give you the wave. I remember pulling, I remember letting uh, a car come in off Brunswick Street in Fitzroy near where we live, Aaron, and this woman wound down the window in the passenger side and she basically was just blowing these massive kisses to me, hanging out the door of the car, and I couldn't stop laughing. Mm. Did that change my mood in an instant? 100%. Mm. Was I angry after that? Was I worried that I was running late? No. Did I make it on time? Yes. Do I think about that often? Yes. Do I t tell people about that often? Yes. Did I make that happen? Yes. Mm, mm, mm. So my mindset changed in an instant by helping other people. Mm. And so we do have the tools within us to be a positive force in regards to our well-being all the time. And, you know, you've touched on it, Aaron, and, and we both know we have come a long way. But for those people that are listening to this and thinking, oh, I'm still not... I'm still not comfortable opening up. I understand that, and it can take a little bit of time. However, I would suggest that we are hanging on to attitudes around mental health and well-being from a long time ago. Mm. Our parents and grandparents didn't, you know, and I'm generalising here clearly, but there weren't a lot of conversations around mental health. But let's go back. Let's go back 70, 80 years, whatever, when we had terms like the, you know, the, the insane asylum or the mental asylum mm. and, you know, the big scary building up on the, on the hill. And we all know all of the thoughts and the connotations that came with that. Mm. And back in the day, you know, we were, people sort of believed that you don't talk about, about mental health and something was wrong with someone. Mm. Okay, that might have been an attitude back then. I'll tell you another attitude back then when people would be walking around <sighs> i remember sitting in class in primary school and the teacher would be marking my work sitting at her desk <sighs> just blowing cigarette smoke around the room on airplanes people would be smoking in hospitals people would be smoking if anyone raised it or smoking i don't think it's good for you you'd say well they'd say well, hang on no 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 it's great it calms me down. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing wrong with smoking. Or here's another one. 
for all of the people listening to this. Here's a great building product from 50, 70 years ago. Fantastic, cheap, really versatile. We call it asbestos. Terrific stuff. Is it dangerous? Not at all. What have we... So let's go back all those decades ago. Smoking, it's good for you. No, it's not. Asbestos, it's fine. No, it's not. It's really dangerous. Mental health, well, we don't talk about mental health because these are things that we don't talk about. There's something wrong with someone if they have depression or anxiety. No, no, no. It's just part of life. And like a physical health issue, there are people out there to help. Mm. Absolutely beautifully said, Brad. I, 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 I just, I, the head stand up in the back of my neck when, when, when I hear this. Um, you would have got the same feeling of, of that lady blowing your kisses as what you did when you were riding your bike uh, in Lockington, Bermond, and uh, you pulled up at a mate's place and your, mum's, uh, your mate's mum bought out some scones and jam and cream. Uh, you would have felt, uh, you know, really, really grateful and kind and compassionate uh, for that. Now, when we were kids, we, we had this innate knowing of, of being kind, of being compassionate, of being grateful, all those sorts of things. But for some reason, all the tension you know, builds up and, and that sort of gets swept away and suppressed. And um, we have the ability, we remember, we have this in ourselves to remember to be able to behave like this. And once we start to bring that into our daily lives and it becomes a pattern and a habit, then all of a sudden, you know, we start to change the way that we view the world we view ourselves and once the smile starts to to appear then everyone actually like observes that and that starts to become uh uh reflective on others and and their smile will appear and so forth rather than sort of you know driving through the traffic jam miserable and and trying to you know um get there quickly when you know it's not going to make any difference whether you're too tense and stressed about it or whether you're calm and relaxed about it um, these are the simple behaviours that we actually really know, we, we innately know, we've just got to be able to tap into that on a daily basis. So, so I went to the clothes dryer this morning and the first thing that I, I, I found was exactly what I needed and I said thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, something appears uh, at the right time, I don't take it for granted, I say thank you. Um, so these are all the behaviours that I've brought into my life now which are actually making me feel peaceful. And those, mm. those words are coming from my heart. You know, I'm not taking mm. life for granted. And I think so many people do take life for granted these days and suppress the behaviours that have been stuck for years. And I quite often talk, Brad, it was interesting to hear you talk about, you know, past generations. I believe that men uh, in particular, we wake up quite anxious. But what's happened is over time is we've actually like been a descendant of someone that's gone to war. So there's been someone in our family that's had lots of trauma going on in their life and that's been passed on to grandfather and dad and, and us and so forth. And we, we take on a lot of that tension, but I think we can relieve that by, by doing kind acts and so forth as well. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, we can change now the seven generations before us so the next generations past us can be more, more you know, aware and conscious of their behaviours and emotions. Would, would you agree? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, we have, um, we have the ability. We can do it. We need to. Or it's something that um, we have to be conscious of. It. it. It's. It's like I was reading the great, and I can't remember who um, the, the quote came from, but 
that quote around, you know, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So, so much of, uh, you know, you, you talked about, you know, we, we get sort of the way our thinking is and, and we can be so anxious about different things. But I know from my experiences, Aaron, I've, I've loved almost having um, a, a little experiment with my daily life where let's say you have a really bad couple of days, whatever. I wake up and I'll go, right, I'm going to... I am going to, today, go out of my way to just... I mean, I like to thank and be express gratitude all the time, but I'm going to take it to another level today mm -hmm. and be very aware of everything around me and, and supportive and help people and everything. You watch what happens on that particular day. It happens every all the time. Out of the blue, when you're putting all of this positivity out there and you're feeling great and you're being so kind and you, you're expressing gratitude non-stop, the things that happen, it's if I find myself going, oh my goodness, this is just unbelievable. <laughs> Phone call out of the blue. Um, uh, it can be as as simple as, uh, oh, you open the mail, you think you're going to get a bill, and you find you're getting a refund. Now, some people will go, oh, hang on, that doesn't happen. Well, yeah. from my experience, these things do happen. <laughs> yeah. But you you. You have to make it happen. You know, people have often said to me, oh, you know, you're, you are so positive and, and, and life's been, well, apart from a really difficult period for our family, but, you know, great things have happened to you and around you. And I say, yeah, but that's what I focus on. And every day I don't focus on what's wrong i focus on what's right mm. and it, it, i remember reading a book as a young kid about um i can't remember what the book was but it was one of those like very young books where if you move the pages and sort of things change color and this and but i remember this book and it was all about the weather and it spoke about you know on a beautiful sunny day you can go out and play in the park and on a rainy day you can, um, uh, you know, put on your gumboots, Aaron, and jump in puddles, and that can be a lot of fun. And then on a windy day, you can go and fly a kite. So whenever, all through my life, when people would say, oh, gee, I really hope it's a nice day, oh, it's not a nice day, and I'd find myself going, well, I don't, in my world, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all because... Whatever the weather dishes up, apart from maybe a cyclone, I will acknowledge, but whatever the weather dishes up, for me, it's all going to be great. Mm -hmm. And there's all fabulous things that we can do. On another level, and this sounds, again, really simplistic, but you spoke about gratitude. I remember at university years ago in Ballarat, I was sitting with a mate and we were talking about the things that we love doing every day. And I found myself, I came up with a list, right? So... If I wake up in the morning and let's say I go for a walk or a swim, love exercise, it's great. Come home, hot shower, oh, I look forward to that. Have breakfast, look forward to that. Go to work, do something hopefully that I'm enjoying, I look forward to that. On the way there, I listen to music, look forward to that. Have another coffee, I look forward to that, I love it. Have lunch, more food, more hanging out with people, surprise phone call, look forward to that. 
get home that night, have some dinner, love it, maybe have a glass of wine, love it, I sit down and watch a show that I love, let's say Seinfeld makes me laugh, love it, uh, cuddle our cat, love it, uh, jump into bed, I love sleep, get all excited because I'm going to spend the next eight hours sleeping. Aaron, I go to bed with a smile on my face mm. because even if I've had a really crap day and there's been stuff going on in my life that I don't enjoy, I've just listed 10 things, 10 things that I love. And I jump into bed with a smile on my face because I'm going to do, regardless of what life throws at me, I'm going to do those same 10 things again tomorrow. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And got the that is exciting. You've got the choice to do it, haven't you? It's funny. Got the choice to do it. Brad, we have, we have uh, our positive mind, our negative mind, and our neutral mind, and 95% of us get stuck in the negative mind consistently. And that negative mind's got a role. It's there to protect us. And we're always sort of, you know, swimming in the what-ifs and that. But, yeah, what you said about the weather, like, you know, I've had Trevor Hendy on and he spoke about well, the conditions always being perfect. It doesn't matter what life's throwing up at you. You just adapt to what's actually going on and you can find yep. such positives in, in all the things that you, your negative mind might, might see as being uh, too hard or negative or whatever. But if you can move through that, all of a sudden you become more in flow with what's going on and... And then the next part of your day and beyond that sort of starts to um, be a little bit more um, uh, beautiful, I suppose. And yeah, that, that's, that's really well said to be able to look forward to those little things throughout your day that can give you joy. And, and Trevor and I talked about the word enjoy. So enjoy, I think we're actually meant to be as humans, enjoy as much as we possibly can. And we have the power to do that. 100%. 100%, it's up to us and it's up to our mindset. And, you know, we talk about the glass being half full or half empty. I don't care if there's three millimetres, three millimetres in the bottom of that glass. Uh, that's still three millimetres. Mm. And I'll take it. That's I'll lovely. take it. Yeah. Interesting um, thinking back about what we observed when we were kids. So uh, alcohol was around me a lot when I was a young fella and dad drank and his mates drank and all that sort of stuff. And that sort of took me into that pathway of, um, uh, of thinking, well, if you are, you know, feeling stressed or anxious uh, or you, 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 know, you get home and you, you, you've had a bad day, then you have a few beers or you have a good day, you have a few beers. You know, it sort of was a, was a thing that was part of living in the bush and um, you know, being, being sort of around that sort of, you know, had an impact on my life as well. But, you know, after a while, my, my mind became imbalanced, my body became imbalanced, it wasn't working as well. And, and that really, um, that made it difficult for me to find enjoyment because I was always going back to that protective negative mind to, you know, find uh, something that uh, I could be miserable about rather than, than, than happy about, I guess. And, you know, that, that behaviour was passed on from my dad, who was probably passed on from his dad and, and his and so forth. But I know, I know your dad, Brad, was the same. He had a bit of an issue with alcohol as well. Yeah, dad, uh, dad drank a bit and, you know, that was difficult. I mean, you grow up uh, in rural areas and you're right that there's a lot of um, alcohol uh, a lot of the time is everywhere um but and as a result that's something that 
hey, I enjoy a drink, and I've certainly had occasions when I've had too much to drink, but fundamentally I always find myself asking the question, you know, why am I having a drink or why am I drinking too much? And, um, you know, during the week we don't really drink much uh, and I enjoy a glass of red wine, but, yeah, I just, I... I, like, I think the key to, for me, the key is, is moderation and that's that's with anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we look at such an issue with, with drugs and we know that, you know, um, a lot of drugs starts off with, with alcohol. So I just think it's really important to um, just stop and think about, you know, why am I drinking and why am I drinking so much? And... Look, I, I think there's a lot of excessive alcohol, um, rural areas, city areas, whatever. I mean, I do find it really confronting and I just think that we just need, well, I know that we just need to to be aware of that mm. and we need to pull back and pull back and ask yourself, well, why why am I writing myself off all the time? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, I suppose we're lucky to be in the moment in time where we are, whereas in our father's era that probably wouldn't have been um, part uh, of the, the conversation. Like they would not have been able to, to speak to others about, you know, to uh, their, their, their own behaviours and their beliefs um, being challenged with regards to, you know, going easy because it was just so, so such part of the culture. culture. And if you, yep. if you stopped, um, you know, having binges and that, then you lost your connection with your friends and there was a lot of fear around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I've never, but I've had big nights, but I've never, I've always found that my friends have respected the fact that I, I particularly growing up, I wasn't a big drinker. I have had a number of lifelong friends come up to me and say, "Oh, gee, I wish I could be like you." And I'd say, "What do you mean?" And they'd say, "Well, you can go out and have a have a good night, but not drink too much." Mm. And the other thing is, I've never done, and I'm, I'm not passing judgment on anyone here, but. I've never taken drugs ever, mm. ever. Strongest thing I've ever had is a Panadol, and um, I have no interest. And do I feel like I've missed out on anything? Absolutely not. And I'm not judging anyone. Absolutely not. No way. But I sit here now as, at 50 years of age, and to have not taken any uh, substances like that, I'm, you know. I'm really pleased about that. And it also, for me, it makes it so much easier when, you know, I don't have kids, but when I'm talking to nieces and nephews and I, I say to them, hey, you know, um, from my perspective, uh, drugs are just not something that you need. Mm. And I know that they look at me and they know that I've, I've it's never been part of my world. So um, mm. I know they respect that as well. Yeah. Really, really good to hear. It's interesting, like you've been in the media for such a long time, and I, I guess sport is one thing that that, that promotes and and um, you know publicises you know poor lifestyle behaviours. It was cigarettes, and um, you know it's still alcohol, and it's still poor eating, and it's still uh, you know gambling and all those sorts of things. What would you say would be a good way for an individual to become more aware, not to get trapped into those? Um, you know, forms of encouragement which may uh, be detrimental to their well-being if they abuse it too much. Well, I think you've just you've got to you've got to do what's right for you. So, 
um, you know, your mates might want to go and have a bender uh, or you might see the ads on TV and about this, that and whatever, but you've got to do what's right for you. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is being, um, being authentic, being who you really are. And it's about making the choices that are right for you. And I just want to mention here that dis, uh, distinguishing between choices and, and sacrifices. And I'll go back years ago, I used to swim with a, a, a friend who, who um, I really loved her company and we were in a swimming group and, and we were in this swimming, it was a semi-serious swimming group and there is a point to this story, but it was a public holiday Monday in Melbourne and we had to be on pool deck about quarter past five and in the pool at 5.30. Because it was a public holiday, where the pool was, you'd drive through the city and there were people all out at that time in the morning <laughs> heading off to nightclubs and whatever and good luck to them. Yeah. And as we were swimming, we were at, uh, at the end of the pool there in between sets and I said to my friend, I said, oh, did you see all the people out having a good time? She said, yeah. And I, my next point was, I said to her, my next comment, I said, oh, well, these are the sacrifices we've made. You know, we're in the pool and we're not out there having a good time. And she gave me a funny look anyway. We swam a few more laps and she said something to me that I'll never forget. She said, Brad, your point before about the sacrifices we've made, she said, they're not sacrifices, they're choices. And I think about that often, and I couldn't agree more. We, we weren't sacrificing a, a social life or having a good time or whatever. We had just chosen to be in the pool rather than out. And that's not, you know, talking down of the people that were out there having a good time because the next public holiday, it could have been us out there having a good time. But that's one thing I would say to anyone thinking, well, hang on, do I want to sacrifice catching up with the guys do i want to sacrifice that social element yada 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 mm -hmm. you're not sacrificing anything you are making a choice you can still catch up you can still do all those things but maybe you'll make a choice where you go okay i'm going to go and catch up with the guys or the girls or whatever i'm going to have a good night but i'm just i'm going to look after myself because i'm in an environment where we write ourselves off and I'm doing it because maybe I'm doing it because I want to belong. Mm. Well, do it for you. Do what's right for you. Mm. And maybe that is just pulling back a little bit. Mm. Make that choice that you're happy with so that you are waking up tomorrow and you're doing all those things that you love doing in the morning rather than waking up at lunchtime. Hey, as a country fella and, and growing up with my grandparents uh, on the farm, spending time with them, I've, I've always been a morning person and I, for me, to see the sun come up and I still get up in the dark and go for a walk or a swim, yeah. and but to hear the birds and to see the sun come up in the morning and come over the buildings or whatever, for me that is the most special time of the day and if i've ever had a big night and i miss that i feel like i really miss it mm. i really miss it because for me that that peacefulness that comes with dawn is just 
beautiful. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've been blessed over the last 10 years to be uh, to have a morning practice where I do engage with that. Uh, and you, you're right, you, you, you get grounded with, with the world and with the universe and with life and you start to see the world wake up. You know, around here it's the kookaburras and you hear a bird and you, you hear a man waking up and then you realise that everything everything is really manufactured around you once you're sort of connected with nature and all the the beautiful things that are actually available to us all then you start to become more you know yeah this is what it's all about rather than sort of being distracted by all the noise yeah 100 percent, 100 percent um yeah there's a there's a there's a lot there's a lot to be grateful for that's for sure brad um I, i would say just about everyone that listens to this podcast would have had some uh, uh, moment in their life where they've had someone that they know or someone that um, is is within their immediate uh, community which has been uh, touched by suicide. And I know I have. Mm. I've had um, you know friends, and I've had others that I've, I've I've had in my life that have taken theirs. And one night back in Horsham, uh, I think I was twenty one, twenty two. Um, a mate of mine, uh, we were smoking marijuana, um, and I didn't really like smoking marijuana, so it gets back to the, the comment of <laughs> what you just said about doing the things that, that everyone else was doing and, and so forth. And um, uh, he, him and I you know, were, were quite conscious. We weren't really uh, overly intoxicated or anything. And uh, anyway, he dropped me off um, one night and... Um, said to me as I'm talking to God and I sort of looked at him and I sort of thought, do I need to, do I need to say something here? But I just said, oh, mate, don't worry about it or whatever. And I just got out of the car and said, good night, see you later. He, he pointed his car towards Adelaide, um, got as far as he could, pulled a shotgun out and took his life. And mm. still to this day, I don't know why. Um, he was such a beautiful, talented kid in many ways. I think he had some issues with a girlfriend at the time, but we never really explored that. But those comments that he made to me, um, I could have, I could have intervened, and I, I didn't know how to to, um, to to do that as a young man. And uh, I'm not saying that could have, uh, uh, you know, d- distracted his decision, but uh, it may have made uh, made a difference. And um, I know yourself, you you've had some people uh, close to you. Um, that have passed away through suicide as well and um, yeah it's still very common Um, and you know I guess a big part of this podcast is to try and create self-awareness for others so they can um, you know feel comfortable about talking about their own experiences. Uh, Yeah 100% we lost uh, in the the, uh, late 80s early 90s my, my father and brother uh, in the space of two years, they both uh, suicided. And that's something you don't get over. You just get on with life. And I've had friends um, take their life. And, yeah, it's, I often say to people, uh, the, the mental scars never heal. They never do. Um, and, you know, I think about them all the time. And I always will. But... You get on with life because you have to and you don't have any other choice. But as um, I often say to people, uh, Aaron, you know, I've got nothing to hide, just a story to share because by sharing the stories and sharing uh, our experiences, 
uh, we are saying to people, hey, it's okay, it's really important actually to talk about mental health and wellbeing. And so that's what, that's what I do. Um, and, you know, my mum and sister, recently we were chatting a lot about this. We, I recorded an episode called Beyond Blue, their podcast, Not Alone. And that was, you know, quite emotional, really emotional actually. But um, as mum said, well, it was emotional for all of us, but we do it because it helps people. Uh, and it, it gives people, uh, well, for a start, we're talking around mental health and wellbeing, which is just so important. Uh, and if it's okay for me to open up, and I talk about my own mental health. Do I have my bad days? Yeah. Do I have, does my anxiety sort of just get the better of me sometimes? Yeah. Mm. But that's who I am. Mm. So I own that. Mm. But, but it also gives people hope when you know that help is out there. And clearly the, most tragic outcome is what we went through as a family. But what is also incredibly tragic, Aaron, is that people are suffering in silence mm. and they're not getting help. And when, we're, when it comes to mental health conditions, treatment is for so, so many different um, conditions. Treatment is there. Treat, and there are so many, God, don't I know it, there are so many wonderful people that are committed to helping. They're there. Mm. They're there to help you. So reach out. Absolutely, and also doing what works for you. It's very common in Western society. We sort of get put into a box, and this is why we must do things, but do things that, that break the shackles for you and be able to, to free yep. you up. Oh, I think that's really important because what someone else is doing may not suit, suit you as an individual. Would you agree? 100%. Got to be true to yourself. Mm. Be true to yourself. Do what works for you. Mm. We're, we're all, like I spoke about that experiment earlier with Bertram Fora, in a, in a lot of ways we're all very similar, but we're also different. We're also different. Mate, it's as simple as this. You, you want a ham sandwich, I want a chicken sandwich. <laughs> you know, yeah. someone else wants a vegetarian sandwich. It, we're all different. They're all great, but we're all different. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine... Uh saying back in the 80s that you were vegetarian or you didn't want to eat meat, mate, you would have been you would have been cast away really quickly. So everyone sort of had to conform then. But now we've got no. the we've got the ability now to be able to be individuals and, and actually, you know, yep. express who we really are. And, and, and that might yep. be saying we don't want a chicken sandwich, we want a, uh, a roast veggie one. Or it might be saying I'm not doing so well, or I'm feeling a bit unstable and being open enough to, to talk about that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Same yep, thing. for sure. Brad, how can people get hold of you if they want to uh, They want to have a look at, uh, you know, your work or um, some some form of connection with you? Do you have any uh, social media or do you have any uh, any websites or so forth set up? Yeah, they can oh, They can drop me an email at, uh, we're just redoing the website, but they can drop me an email at brad at bradmcewen.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just... just just yell out. Yeah. If I can help, fantastic. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really uh, get into the social media or anything like that, but uh, the work you've been doing, mate, with Beyond Blue and others um, is so tremendous and, and so helpful and powerful out there. And I guess, yeah, coming from that place of kindness with what with, is exactly what you're doing and, and that's helping you thrive as an individual and it's helping so many more others out there to, to do that. So, 
a key part of this conversation is just that particular word to be able to bring more of that into your life to 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 show um you know compassion and kindness for yourself but that'll actually be magnetic and, and help others um you know do the same and, and help their days be better and everyone else can have a you know a more healthy happy life connected life if we start to 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 show up and do things that actually make us feel better physically and mentally at the end of the day no 100 percent, aaron and and look by helping other people years ago when we went through what we went through as a family it was it was going to achieve nothing if we were going to be victims mm, yeah. and and we'd be miserable for the rest of our lives yes it changes your life forever and it's something you never get over but we had to get on with life we put one foot in front of the other but by helping other people aaron it gives us purpose mm. yeah so absolutely. by by talking to you on this podcast by by doing the work that I do with Beyond Blue, by getting out and talking about mental health and well-being, it's helping change the narrative and it's saying to every single person that mental health and mental health issues, it, it's just part of who we are. Mm. And particularly for, for men, anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, it's got nothing, nothing to do with weakness. It's got nothing to do with guilt. It's part of being a human being. Mm, absolutely, it's it's uh, the way the mind works, and yeah, to, to be able to, to understand that and, uh, and and not feel isolated, I think's so important, Brad. So I'm really grateful yep. for your time and uh, keep doing what you're doing, mate. Um, you're really an inspiration to me and to so many others out there. Aaron, thanks very much for having me, and anyone out there, if if you know you need help or what jump on the beyond blue website the resources on there you can talk to someone you can get on it you can chat to someone you can sit you and type away there's lots of different forums beyondblue.org.au it is absolutely brilliant guys uh such a powerful conversation thank you very much for uh, making it all the way to the end here um if you or someone you know is having some issues with uh depression please contact Beyond Blue or look at some information, empower them or yourself to, to go ahead and just find some some evidence of others that have had lived experience that may be able to uh, support you or some valuable content on there that might be able to support you with uh, what you or someone you know may be experiencing now. So really uh, hope you enjoyed the, the conversation with Brad. I appreciate your feedback. Um, really be grateful for that. Uh, please reach out, support outbackmind.com.au, website outbackmind.com.au. Thank you so much for joining in. Really, um, really blessed to have such a deep and meaningful conversation with Brad. Uh, thank you for listening in. More great guests coming soon. Talk to you soon. Cheers.